A few weeks ago while I was home in Detroit, I pulled up to my favorite local spa studio, Huvine. I've been going there since 2014 for the services, but since I've moved away, I've been entrusting Huvine products to keep me exfoliated and moisturized. Huvine body care products include things like body cream, bath bombs, and body scrubs, which are all developed by Danielle, who owns and runs the spa studio. My personal favorite is the all-over body oil in the play scent. I swear, it smells so good. I've been using this oil for over two years now, and I was so excited to come in today and grab another bottle for my stash and try out a few new things from the Huvine line. Danielle helped me pick out some more products that I'm really excited to give a try. And if you're looking for some body and skincare products that make you want to hashtag show off, check out Huvine today at Huvine.com. That's H-U-E-V-I-N-E.com. And thanks to Huvine for sponsoring today's podcast. Hey y'all, it's Alante, and you're listening to Black and in Grad School, the podcast that helps women and people of color like you excel in this journey. If you're listening, I believe you are an aspiring or current scholar who wants to successfully navigate this process by sharing my experience while pursuing my PhD and interviewing other Black graduate students or early career professionals. It is my hope that you can glean encouragement, advice, and strategies that you can apply to your journey. Thanks for listening. What's up, y'all? It's Alante with another episode of Black and in Grad School. So happy to have you here. And today we have an old friend, right? But, you know, back on the podcast again. Welcome, Arnande. Hello, hello, hello. Nice to see you, Alante. Nice to see you. Nice to talk to you, Alante. (laughs) I see you so much on IG, on social media, on Twitter. I just feel like I've, you know, every interaction with you is like I'm seeing you all over again. So my apologies. No. The, the feeling is absolutely mutual. So I'm like, yes, good to see you again. Good to be talking to you again. If you haven't already heard um, of Hernande, I don't know where you've been. She is the brilliant mind behind First Gen Rise. And we've actually talked before. We discussed, uh, shared her entire graduate experience, discussed it um, a little a little minute ago. Episode 50, which is Work It with Hernande. Go listen to it if you want to know more about her story. But just a quick bio, just so you know who we are. We are talking to a professional today. Arnande got her BA in biology with a minor in chemistry from the College of Notre Dame. Then she pursued a MS in biomedical science uh, policy and advocacy from Georgetown University. And then she graduated from Hofstra University School of Law with a concentration in health law. Um, So she has a JD. She's got the MS. And um, again, she is the author of the book First Gen Rise, and where she talks about um, advice and stories for first generation Americans. And um, Arnande, I just want to say thank you for talking to me again, friend. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you have great, give such a great intro of me and such a um, recap of everything. That was wonderful. And and I'm just happy just to be here again and talk to you and and, and share our experiences and, and share what what we have planned for the, the audience today. Yes, yes. So y'all, full transparency as I try, I try to be transparent. That I, we had we had big goals for the summer. <laughs> Really big, <laughs> and of course, you know, this summer, uh, summer twenty twenty showed herself in a in a mighty way, in a way that you know, just kind of 
led to some adjusting to the plans we had. And so something that I knew was going to be super important um, coming into the new academic year. And, and I feel like it's even, even with the, the climate of this freaking country and this year, this is going to be super important of like self-advocacy. And how do you, how do you advocate for yourself um, as a graduate student? And so our nine day, that is a place of her, of her expertise. And so we're going to talk to her today about it. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about it. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. So um, a lot of things come to mind when we talk about, when you think of self-advocacy, like also shout out to Corey and Joy, who did a self-advocacy workshop just a few weeks ago. Um and actually, if y'all listen to this, it might have been a little bit longer than that. But they, you know, were talking about self-advocacy in the form of, you know, uh, really being able to protect yourself and 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 speak up when things are going happening. Whereas what we're going to talk about today, we're going to discuss that a little bit. But something we're going to talk about today really is like making a a, a, a lasting impression. Not good. It's, if it's good, it will be lasting, right? And how do you really stand out as a graduate student so that you are the, you know, someone who comes to mind when opportunities arise. That's what Arnande and I are going to discuss today. And so just to kind of give you all like a primer into what we're going to be talking about. And the first relationship that comes to mind for me, right, as a graduate student, and it's one of the most important relationships that graduate students have, and that's with their advisor. So Arnande, I want to know like, what was something that you did um, just to kind of stand out when you were starting your graduate journey? Well, um, for me, so, you know, when I, you know, like you said, I went to, um, I I first pursued a master's um, at Georgetown, go Hoyas. And um, that was a different program. So we had a cohort and we did have um, an opportunity to have a graduate advisor um, and it was the first year of the program, so his his involvement was a little bit limited and, and not as as I had desired, but it was still a good relationship that we had. But so the one I want to highlight um, is when I was in law school for my JD program, and um, we all get a, a first year um, advisor because the first year is critical, um, and it definitely is the moment you know where people decide where they're going to continue or they're going to stay or you know if they do fall a little behind how do we get them back up and so I was fortunate enough to have an advisor that was a black man who was a non-traditional student who um, you know had a similar background in being a first generation um, student. Um, as well as professional lawyer and all those things. So he and I were able to relate on a different level. Um, And so I would say what the benefit was for me was he was so open about um, being involved in my journey that it made me more open and being involved in, 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 um, speak to him. Um, mm-hmm. and so I would share more with him. I would definitely come out and say it and, you know, and he was, he, he knew my grade. So it was like, he was like, so what went into this grade? What went into that grade? And I would just be like, you know what, if nothing else fails, at least this is, there's confidentiality <laughs> in this room. So I should be much more forthright into, how I may have gotten a certain grade or how I may have performed during an exam. So I, I, I think that was unique in this situation where, you know, he was lending himself out. He was being vulnerable, which allowed me to be vulnerable. Um, and I knew that I had to be vulnerable if I wanted to succeed because the first semester 
um, was a little bit difficult in trying to know the the structure of law school, trying to know, um, you know, the the various uh, programs that were within just that first year, the classes and everything, and the competitiveness competitiveness of my program, which um, again was right around the recession. So everybody who was smart went back to school. And so, you know, people's scholarships were on the line, people's um, entry um, or, or ranking was on the line. So it was a lot of pressure. So the, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that I, um, you know, because the advisor poured into me in that initial meeting, I was then able to like, just every time I would be in the room, I would just lounge like, oh my God, this is what's going on, you know, and yeah. and, um, and felt more comfortable doing that. And and if, if there is an advisor that does not do that, I would strongly just, you know, what I always do is I try to learn more about people and see what's in their room, in their office space and see what they, you know, what they enjoy, what they, what they have up, um, just so that I can maybe make a connection and kind of soften um, the dynamics that, I, or soften the, um, the, the, um, the room a little bit, because I think people, you know, the advisors tense and I'm tense. And so, um, I kind of, I know I want to gain something out of them. So I want to like look around and see how can I connect to them so that they don't just see me as um, a stranger, but that I am a person that they could potentially know. Mm, I like that. Um, Cause that was going to be my next question. Like, Oh, I wish we all were blessed to have someone we could just let our hair down with immediately. But you know, you kind of answer, you did answer what we should do. But then I, you know, I have to add the caveat of we can't go anyone's office right now or not. You know, and, and you're right. So let's, let's, let's do that. You're right. Because yeah. no one is, everything is virtual. Right. And so yeah. I think people, sh- you know, I know everyone doesn't want to turn their cameras on, but you, we should turn our cameras on if you're talking to your advisor and you should, and, you know, so you can look in people's eyes. I think the eyes are the gateway to their soul. Right. And mm-hmm. so if you are looking at someone in their eyes, then you can um, feel a little bit of a connection there. You know, so I want to say this point. Right. Just to go back to what you said, I, I actually am in the business of making people my advisors, even if they don't know that. So okay. I have I have done it where I have, um, you know, made a, a person an advisor just because they they and they were a white was a white woman who just, you know, would always come in and compliment my hairstyle every time I did something new. Um, but that was a visual for her. She just recognized me as this black girl in class who always had these you know lovely hairstyles. And um, and that's how we connected. So that's why I think we should turn the camera on is because if you. If all you have is that visual of that person, then you can be able to um, say like, hey, your eyebrows are great today or, or, or you just have a connection. You know, you know, people need to to feel some type of connection to you and the, and, and the physical is what they see first. And then, you know, you can kind of go in and, and evolve into that or 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 have, um, you know, the, the generic conversations virtual just because you're virtual doesn't mean it, it, it you can't develop it because like. I think, you know, Alante, you and I have all, we've been virtual. I have yet to see you. <laughs> I, right. I have yet to see you in person, even though you might have been in my neighborhood, my backyard. Um, you know, recently, I, you know, the, well, we could have connected a little bit. <laughs> I'm just joking with you there. But um, all that to say, like, we have so many virtual, you know, um, you know, non in the same room kind of interactions with people. It, it does not mean that you still can't 
connect with that person by just, you know, picking up on various cues that you see in, in a Zoom or whatever platform that you use, because I think it's it's still authentic in the sense of you get to see the little quirks, whatever's in the background of what people are doing. Or even if they pick a virtual background, you get to be like, oh, you have Power Rangers up. Did you used to watch the Power Rangers? I, there's always a conversation starter. So I don't think that being virtual um, removes an ability to um, have a rapport with your advisor and then feel trust uh, and then be able to trust your advisor and having more open conversations. You know, it is up to us, unfortunately, to do so because, you know, we are the ones that have to succeed and come out of this on top. So we have to do a little extra to be able to um, get the gains that we want from a virtual um, interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And something that came to mind as as you were talking as well was like um, social media, right? Because that, that's how we met, right? We met through social media. Um, and then I know like I have particular like boundaries on like Facebook um, and even my Instagram. However, Twitter um, is a space for academics. And so I think that's a chance for you to go follow your advisor and they might make a joke or just say something interesting that you can connect with them um, about. And then also um, LinkedIn, of course, which of course is just a little bit more sterile because it's meant to be professional, but I would love to know your thoughts about social media being another avenue. You know, social media is a new concept in my mind because I, um, I did have a boundary similar to you. I think it just might be, you know, that as, as many times we're Black people in those settings and our, um, the people in academia may not look like us, right? And so if I am sharing or reposting something that I'm not sure of, of the position or the stance of someone who may be following me who may not be in the same kind of, um, pers- perhaps same perspective as me, I'm a little leery of it. So I've definitely been much more of a, a screener. I screened people who followed me. But in, in law school, I definitely had... Um, I didn't have Twitter and I definitely um, had logged out of Facebook by then, but but logged back in. But I think you're so right that I think that's a great place for people to follow you. And you can pick the platform. If you only have your tight, close friends and your Instagram followers, do that. But if you want to all only have like your um, your um, peers and in school and your, um, you know, uh, the the uh, instructional staff or your professors or your your um, other kinds of academia um, professionals that are in um, in your school to follow you on Twitter. I think that's even an okay space because I've seen, you know, people be much more comfortable and much more, um, I don't want to say forgiven, but much more open to having these kinds of discourse because it's, it's definitely a respectful um, conversation that goes back and forth with a lot of different, with universities that I've seen with, um, you know, with just the professors or the diversity staff or whoever mm-hmm. is in university, you know, they've definitely put like an asterisk that says, you know, my, the opinions are my own. And that's where you can kind of be able to build that rapport that you're just mentioning. And I think that's a great idea that Twitter has given us an ability to, um, create those connections and, and build off of those connections. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and that makes me happy to hear also as someone who I, yeah, like, like you said that this social media maybe wasn't a space for that professional connection 
you know, when you were in grad school the way that it is now, but like recognizing that that, that kind of change is taking place. Um, and yeah, you can do a lot of things. And I, I definitely recommend like a professional Twitter, like delete your high school, middle college Twitter. Do not use that as your professional Twitter. Make a whole new Twitter. <laughs> And 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 you know, use the search engine as much as possible. I I Google all the time, like where's Hernandez coming up, where's First Gen Rise coming up, just to see where traction is being made. And because I think people do lose um, <laughs> their ability to say that they, you know, that that's no longer them. Um, when you mm-hmm. can kind of go back to the history of your comments and and this, you know, and people get canceled, <laughs> and so yes. be mindful of what content you're putting out there because it's easy to be tracked. Um, so good luck. I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, that is why, like, even Black and in grad school is not my professional Twitter, right? I mean, it is another version, but, like, it is not my professional. I have a whole other Twitter that is, like, Alante Whitmore. Like, it, mm. it is very dry and very, you know, like, a grad right. student Twitter. So, and not that like, not that Black and Grass was like this wild Twitter because it's also not, but you know, just serves a different purpose. So that is something that I, I definitely want to kind of remind people like, it's, academic Twitter is where it's at, y'all. Like it is where it's at, especially since we are in a pandemic um, and those kind of same opportunities to pick up on people's personalities are not as available um, as they were when you're like in their office, stuff like that, or like my advisor's office, like his space that he meets us in has like zero personality, right? So you see nothing. <laughs> and, and so it's hard to pick up on those things. So just another place to, to think about it. And so after we've established, you know, some like rapport, you know, the idea is that we want to be someone who comes t- to mind when an opportunity shows up. Like, you know, especially like there's small fellowships that, schools that are like internally available that all you have to do is have your advisor nominate you right um but your advisor has to think about you to nominate you because they you might not get that email and so what are some that's just a scenario what are some things that we should be doing while we are meeting with them um to kind of like ensure those types of things are like always taking place like that type of they, that we say type of mind i guess those opportunities show up you know i i i I am so about asking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm always, I, I, I think we should bring it up as many times as you're talking to someone. You know, I think people get really, um, you know, hesitant when it comes to, or just not, you know, they don't think that they should, should talk about it. And they, they they don't think that they should bring it up and, and say like, hey, um, do, do you know of any opportunities that are coming up? Do you know of the timeline I should be working within? Do you know... Of if I would, do you think I'll be a good candidate for an opportunity? Do you see me as a good candidate for um, you know um, this this opportunity I saw last year? Am I a, someone that is is right for this right now? You know, because I remember in law school that I would just be sitting next to people and they were like, "Oh, professor such and such or such and such told me or shared this about me or told said this was coming down the pipeline." And I'd be there like, "How did you know?" Oh, I just asked them. You just asked them, and you know, it, I was just always you know shocked about that. And I and I and I think sometimes at the same time, what we should be doing is 
is is you know as as many times we have checklists of like okay well this is the things I want to talk to him him or her about you need to add that to the list on a, a weekly basis a monthly basis or whatever you know um, is is the the timeline of when you have your meetings or um, with that person because um, they should all they should they should not want they should not even want to hear you ask the question anymore they should get so bothered with asking, with you about to ask the question that they're now thinking like, wait a minute, let me just try to find something for her or him or whatever so that they can just leave mm-hmm. me alone. I can just kind of bring this up to their attention and, and move it along. Because I, I, I just think that I always like the idea of putting putting other people to work mm-hmm. um, because they are in the spaces that you are not in to be able to get that information. And so for me, I'm always like, if, if I can constantly be repetitive with the question then when they come to me again or if or if you know they're in a space that they may be able to ask someone else the question then they can come back and let me know without even having me to do that and, I, and the example I say a lot about this is you know even when I'm doing job searches I'm always like I speak to a few people and you know I always speak to a few people and I just like think to them and I'm like hey this is what I'm looking for this is what I see. Let me know if you see anything. And then I'll touch base with them maybe uh, two weeks later. I'm like, hey, have you seen anything? Um, or I'll bring up to, to them like, hey, I've seen this. You know, have you seen something similar? And then now they're in space. And I've had people who I didn't even tell contact me to tell me about an opportunity, you know? And so I think mm-hmm. that like pivotal to like put other people to work so that you you know, you don't always have to do the work. So I think, you know, if you're in these spaces, try to like always drop it in someone's ear, become respectfully annoying so that then they feel so much more inclined to just, you know, share it with you all the time. And, 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 um, you know, and then when you revisit the topic, then it's not something that they're up, you know, that they're not thinking about or that they're, they're not, prepared for you to ask about. Um, but, and, and, but, you know, I, I, that's how I see it. I, I see that you have to constantly put it in their faces to be able to, to know what about the opportunities that are happening. Or if you want to shoot them an email and be like, hey, um, what do you think about this opportunity? Even when you see, when you, when you uh, or, or I'm actually a firm believer sometimes that you ask to be connected to someone else to get that person's feedback so that you can also you know, add someone to your list of, of them telling you opportunities. You don't always have to rely on your advisor. I don't, and, and, and that's how I've done it where, you know, I know I've had someone um, reach out to me because someone else had talked to them and I was a student in their class. And so they were like, hey, Hernande, professor such and such told me you were thinking about this. I just heard about this opportunity. Do you want to, you know, do you want to talk more about it? And I was just like, let's talk. So um, it, it, it's just, there's so many ways in, in, and I know it's, again, it's virtual, but I think, you know, if you have an opportunity to engage with people, do that as much as you can, because you are at a disadvantage when you're not in the spaces with people just to run into their offices, when you're, yeah. when you're not in those spaces to just like see the postings that you come across um, with like a casual conversation by walking through the hallways or whatever, you have to be much more aggressive in being um, intentional about what you want and and, and and what is lies out there. Because I think there's 
an abundance of internships, there's an abundance of fellowships, there's an abundance of any assistantships that you may have. So I think it's it's imperative that you always discuss it as frequently and as, as respectfully as you can so that you were not missed and, and can yeah. be considered. Yeah, I, I mean, I just feel like you just gave us like such a gem and I love it, respectfully annoying, like being respectfully <laughs> annoying. Um, so yeah, it's almost like, oh, here she come again, you know, not true annoyance, but like, let me make sure I have something for them and putting others to work. Like this is, I, I feel like even though the language you use, I feel like is really helpful too. I think that's a place where we, especially I can only speak for myself. I struggle with the language, like, okay, how do I even say that? But the, what you said to me is really useful as language to use. Like, Hey, I'm really looking for this. If something comes across your you know, email or inbox that's like this, can you let me know, period. Mm -hmm. Like that is really helpful and it's not super annoying and it's not go find a job for me or find something for me, but it is still like, you might get something that I'm just might not get, which is totally reasonable. And now, you know, their antennas are up for you. Um, And Mm -hmm. people want to be helpful too, I think. I'm talking to myself right now, y'all. People want to be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, People want they to help. Want you to be successful. Um, that's why Arnande and I are, you know, recording right now because we want you to be successful. But um, that is something that I think a thought that that comes to me when I think about this is like, oh my god, I want to know. It was like people want to help you. They want you to be successful. Your advisor, you being successful is a positive reflection on them. So it's not to your it's not to their disadvantage to help you. And so that comes to me. Of course, and, and I, I want to add because I think you're you're so right because I think I don't want people to, to to view it this way, but institutions look to you as a future promotion, right? And mm. they want to be so helpful that they can say to you, say to a future student, like, "Oh, this is what such and such, uh, you know, Alante Whitmore did, and she was a, a student, and she worked with this advisor, and this and this and this." They want to be able to articulate to a future whoever that walks through we hope the doors one day open but that may be on a a virtual orientation and say like we have a true example of someone who was able to get into this role and I and so I'm going to say something about you know um you know I I was always on the lookout for opportunities you know you know my first summer of out of um out of my first summer after after my first year of law school I worked at the White House and one of their offices, I was super pumped about that. But I knew going into law school that I was going to get that in that position because <laughs> I, I had mm-hmm. eyed it. And but then um, what happened um, the second year was was even it was something um, great because I had spoken to career advisors. And I know we're not we're talking about just advisors, but you're just curriculum. But I just want to just note this career advisors that I had. I spoke to every single career advisor in the career office. And I would just say, I'm interested in health law opportunities. That's it. Nothing else. Don't bear me nothing with nothing else. And then one came in. They didn't even put it in the job. They didn't even put it in the job announcement. I shouldn't even be saying that. Maybe I don't know. But they didn't even put it in the job. Announcement. They immediately sent it to me said, hey, are you interested? And I said, yes. And they sent my name to the um, clerk's office for this um, appellate position, internship. And then I got it, you know? 
And so wow. I just say that because, like, I every single time I had opportunity to talk to these advisors, the career advisors, I would say, okay, this is what I'm doing now. This is what I got done now. This is what what's happening next. And I see a role for you. I made it much more easier for them to to help me. And so then that was how they were in turn able to help me in the long run because I laid out what I wanted. And if you don't have it laid out, just you can always try things so that you know what to eliminate later. And that's more important than, you know, not having had an opportunity to test out what you think would be best for you. Um, So anyway, I just say that to say, I think you, you know, there's more that comes out of you being a testimony than you imagine. So, you know, have people help you become such a great testimony. Yeah. And I think that you, you, again, you touched on something else, right? Even in sharing that story of that, like self-advocacy is also like using your resources that are around you. You know, like that was being resourceful and taking advantage of like a resource that's like at pretty much every school. I know it's not at every single school, but I feel like it's at most, if not, if not all. Um, You can go to your, you know, if your advisor is not like as helpful or you feel like you need more support, um, reach out to your career uh, office, reach out to if there's a person that is in your department that like is over like alumni, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Like alumni relations, right? Like mm-hmm. doing that, doing that work, making those relationships, having those conversations is absolutely helpful. Um, and I bet your resume, everything else was like perfect because <laughs> you were utilizing the resources that were available. Yes. I, I, let me say this part. I was so good. I even got my friend's job because um, the people in the career office would be like, "Did you? do you know anyone that would fit this position? Let me get back to you. I have someone lined up. I think I know who you can have, who the candidate would be. And everyone, you know, I had someone that was doing like um, uh, in the TV, the legal, legal counsel in the TV, one of the TV networks, one of the big time, like, you know, law offices. I was, listen, you just, you just need one. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, Look, I, I'm taking my notes as you're as you're sharing i'm like oh and you could be a blessing to others look at that like not you not just out here for yourself anymore and that's a beautiful thing too to uh help your friends realize what they're trying to do i i love that we've talked a lot about the advisor uh relationship specifically and of course we're starting to transition out of it which is perfect because I want to know or hear your thoughts or any advice that you might have about like meeting people at conferences or, you know, reading papers and really liking the researchers work. You know, what, what has that, what do you think that should look like um, as far as making those relationships? Because let's take Zoom, like Zoom is unlikely until you made a connection the first time, like an email. Uh, it's more cold. That's the really the thing the door is coming to mind is like, how do we make these like super cold um, relationships become warm relationships? Yeah, I, I um, you know, I, 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 my heart breaks every time I think about just people or students in school right now because I just know that. Um, it's, it's a new normal for all of you guys. And how do you do what everyone said in the past? How do you like superimpose mm-hmm. all these different advice, different strategies in now in this new setting? And I think we're all trying to sort through that. 
And I think for me, um, uh, um, you know, the idea, let's just think, let's think about what still exists is, is the reports, right? Um, you know, I, I think I've only done that one time because I, I, you know, I have a science background. So I remember in school, um, they were like, well, you can just email the, the researcher. I'm like, really? And, you know, and they would respond. And, and, and I was always stunned um, by the response. And so I think that still exists. I think that still is something that is um, available to people to reach out, reach out and do an email, um, learn how to, you know, um, you know, do a great subject line. I think, you know, that's still important for people to do that. Um, and I don't know if people have decided to do this thing where they should create a Zoom account. Um, whatever platform you or a Google account where you can do Google Meets, I think people just need to create it, you know, and then hopefully that will entice them to want to use it later to make these kind of connections. Because I think there's still people that don't have them. And I, and, 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 and I think that it's critical because I think, um, you know, right now it's, a, it's an unpaid service. So, you know, it's a free service. So I think we should do that. So if we're talking about conferences, um, if we're talking about, um, you know, how do we really still connect with the people with, after a seminar, after a conference, um, I don't know if people, if there, if there, some, some, some webinars, some, some, there's engagement. Like I'm, I am the, the worst person <laughs> when I'm like um, watching anything virtually because I'm always commenting. I'm in the Q and A box. I am in the Q and A box, and I'm like, if anyone has, a, if they're always like, any questions, I'm in the Q and A box. I'm asking questions. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all of those things so that so that people see that I'm engaged. And so when they see me follow up via email, um, they don't get surprised and I'm trying to continue the conversation. Um, and so I think, you know, that is a good tool is to 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 use whatever um, um, means that the, the, the platform allows for you to engage while it's happening. If there is not an opportunity to engage while it's happening, um, I do encourage people to take notes and and bring it up via email, or if you want to be um, extra busy, see if, <laughs> if see if see if you if they'll have if that person will be in another webinar and tag along with them and just follow them, you know, through, you know. And I used to be a little Wayne fan, so I used to always go to all of his concerts. I was in South Carolina, Philly, Maryland. I don't know why, but you know, follow that kind of concept and and tracking them and seeing how you can really see different forms of how they're communicating whatever research topic that you're looking at. And so I think there's there's always a way of, of still engaging with people and, and finding the right time to um, continue with that engagement and with person to person um, when you feel more comfortable in, in, in speaking to that individual. So I don't think that, um, you know, being virtual stops it because I think that's how um, in the past I would have done it and it maybe even you know, research that person later and and, and, and uh, continue to learn more about them so that I'm asking questions that are very, you know, because in my mind, I'm thinking like, I don't want to ask a dumb question. I don't want to ask a dumb anything. So I just used to be very much more methodical about it. And I'm still methodical about it. But I think we have to think about what is the best way to engage and feel comfortable with that engagement. So if they don't engage back, we know that at least we can, you know, we're comfortable with that. But I, so again, just to be much more clear, we, you know, you know, tap into what you see is a way to, to speak on the spot, speak, you know, at that moment. And if not follow up 
um, later um, by really being clear about your question and knowing that there is an and and, and, and having an answer that that does exist um, where you and someone used to tell me this all the time always ask a question that you can't find you know mm. you should never ask a question that you can find and that is yeah. how I think people should move when they're engaging with something if if it's point blank somewhere that you can find you should not be reaching out to me <laughs> you should only reach out to me if you're asking a question that you can't find and will pique that person's interest to 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 you know engage so right so what i'm also hearing is you do your due diligence when you're reaching out to folks mm-hmm. do your due diligence um i really like the idea of like following the person like to different webinars and stuff it, it kind of puts me in the mindset um i feel like a lot of people well i don't know I'm going to tell a story. So <laughs> I'm sure um, like my leak used to talk about this a lot on her podcast, um, like how she would meet like people that she really wanted to re- create relationships with. She would like go to something they were speaking at. Right. And she would like mm-hmm. spend the money, buy the plane ticket and show up for that person and, and wait, you know, wait her turn in line to talk to that person. And so it kind of, it kind of puts me in the, um, mindset of like a virtual version of that right like oh i went to this webinar and that webinar because i want to get to know you and so um that's why i'm at all these webinars that you're speaking at because i you know i want to develop that rapport uh and it just kind of it's like the same thing right it's just again virtually i thought that was just a kind of a succinct way to bring your point home um and i completely i think that's great like i think that is great advice um and thank you for sharing that with us like absolutely that was good, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> believe it or not we've been talking for 40 minutes um so i feel like the last thing i wanted to discuss was like what to do when somebody tries you but honestly y'all um Joy and Corey really handled that really well. I definitely would recommend you all access their video um, or hopefully they share some content about the self-advocacy in the form of uh, kind of protecting yourself. Um, but I, but like I said, I wanted to really focus on the type of self-advocacy where you are making sure you stand out and you are you know, developing relationships and not being passive as a graduate student, that's something that I definitely struggle with. Like I'm taking notes for me and for you, <laughs> I promise. Um, but Arnande, I know we usually end with a lesson from the trap. I don't want to put you on the spot if you don't have one, <laughs> but did you? I, um, you know, you know, with this the whole Meg the Stallion thing going on, mm-hmm. I have been, you know, um, taking a, taking a little breather from all of that because Oh, my heart goes out to make the stallion right now. Yes. Um, so I wanted to pick a female rapper mm-hmm. in essence um, anyway, or just a female artist in general. And so what I will say, um, you know, Sierra has this new song. And I don't know if it's trap music. And so I'm, I apologize, but I'm going to still pick my selection. Y'all can yes. say, y'all can talk about me later. Um, <laughs> you know, Sierra has her new song out, Rooted. And um and so um, I just, for, for some reason right now, I'm trying to just reach out to the ancestors. And so there's only like this chorus that she repeats this one chorus that I'm just going to repeat here. I don't know if I should sing. I'm not singing it because I don't, I don't have that okay. ability. Yeah. Just talk, just talk it to us. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's basically says, you know, young Rosa, young Luther, keep marching. Yeah, yeah. Floodgates coming open. Don't stop them. I know that life ain't easy. Oh, yeah. Um, your life, it matters. Believe me. Rule out the fakes and the frauds. They hide it behind a facade. And so I just want to say, like, you know, that spoke to me just because um, I don't know how the answers have done it. But, you know, right now, just with everything that's going on, I really want people to know that your life matters, you know, believe in yourself, um, you know, everyone else makes it look easy. Everyone makes self-advocacy looks easy. Everyone else makes just the, the, the things that they've been able to do look easy, but it's not. Um, and you just really have to just look past what representation that they did to make it seem like it's, seem, it's seamless. Um, but it's not a seamless process. It's very strategic and it's very, very manageable but you have to have to put in the work to believe in yourself and lay your trust on these ancestors that gave you the strength that you need to be able to advocate for every single thing that you deserve and entitled to. Mm, I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. You had a great, that's a great lesson from the trap. I think, yeah, I have definitely, that's been coming to mind a lot. It's just like the world that we are living in right now, we are not the first, we, and we want to be the last, but I don't, I, I, honestly, I don't think that we will be, but that's my opinion. Um, I absolutely think of the graduate students, the Black people who are getting their PhD, their JD in the civil rights era. Like, mm-hmm. they, they were doing it, right? And so, like, I, I think of that, and I definitely, like, want to find more biographies of those experiences. I think that's also even why Black and Grass School ex- exists. It's not a book, but it's a, we are literally chronicling the experiences of Black graduate students through a pandemic, through mm-hmm. uprisings, through police brutality. Like, that's pretty wild. Like, people wow. may or may not listen to this later, but you know what I mean? Like, we are chronicling those experiences. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I just I'm like we're not the first what were they doing and mm-hmm. I, I just as, I, I'm just I, I feel it and I'm just like thankful for you even bringing that into into the space because that has been on my mind for sure um, yeah. as we go through this time so shout out to Sierra with the new song I'm gonna go check it out <laughs> yes girl it's it's you know she, her music video is real nice too but she's you know extra pregos in it but she's rooted okay. rooted in her melanin Ooh, I love it. I love it. Arnande, is there anything else you want to share with us before we get your socials and how we can connect with you? You know, the thing I wanted to say, um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, um, you know, because I I, I, I I think sometimes what um, people um, should think about is the next level of self-advocacy is being an advocate um, merely by name sometimes. Like you may not even, people may not need to even see who you are because, you know, many times, um, you know, many times I've been in in my professional world where I've been in rooms where um, someone has has known my name before I've entered that, right? And because that's what happens, you know, they say your name is in rooms that you haven't even entered in. And so, but by the time I enter in the room, they've already known me. And so I think, 
what I've done is I've had all this opportunity to train myself to always figure out how to get those opportunities. But I, I'm trying, I'm in the process now and in full transparency. And I love how you like to say that Alante is like, we're always in full transparency. I'm in full transparency of really leveraging people just knowing my name. And that's enough to advocate for others to do things, um, to, to, to see me in those opportunities without me having to bring the full resume. You know, when people say Oprah, instantly, it's like they know the resume, right? I, they don't have to ask her for the resume. I want to. I'm trying to get to my to the point where they say our Nanda Altima, and as soon as this, the name is said, boom, the opportunity is connected. You know, so mm. I just say that you know there's stages to the self advocacy. You know, put it down what stage you want to be in, and then keep rising to it so that you are growing in this self advocacy. You never want to stay stagnant. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. Um, and thank you. That lets us know also a next step for us, right? Like, let's get, let's, we know we're, well, I can some of y'all are at our nine days place. And then those are those, those of us who need to, you know, go on Twitter and check out, you know, our advisor's cat and see what their cat's name is. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I absolutely love that. And like I said, I think it even gives those of us in, in the group that I'm in um, a place to aspire to be. Um, and and this has really been useful. I hope, like, I feel like I've, I have some great notes. Like, I have some great notes from this episode. I'm so happy that we were able to do this. Um, you know, I hold you in high regard, Ananda. I just think you're super, super dope. So thank you for coming and talking to us again. It's totally my pleasure. I, I'm just happy to still um, be connected to you. I, I grow each time I look at what you're doing and how you're changing lives for just not the people that is the intended audience, but for all the participants in, in every program, every summit, every single um, idea that you have and execute. I just love watching it evolve and and watching those who get to participate um help with that evolution so thank you for giving us the honor to 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 be a part of your journey thank you oh my gosh thank you absolutely like what i'm so happy where (laughs) like oh my gosh but where can people follow you connect with you in these internet streets absolutely um so i'm very much on instagram that is the platform i use um, I do also have Twitter, um, Facebook. Um, I have a YouTube channel, um, and um, and but let me say what those handles are. It's First Gen Rise. So first is spelled out F I R S T G E N R I S E First Gen Rise, and then I have a website firstgenrise.com, um, and that's where um, there's a lot of interviews. I don't think my story is the only story that should be shared. So I've interviewed several people who are in grad school, who are sports related, um, who have a sports background, who are who are very much having a hard time during the pandemic, um, um, as well as being a student. So they have dual identities with that as well. So that's a nuance that I also want to mention here. And so I just think that um, you know my website is a great opportunity to just hear from others because I don't want to dominate. That website. I want others to feel inclined to, to hear from other people. So anyway, I know I get to be a little lengthy, but I just want to know I, I, I'm creating a communal space for everyone and um, I invite people to come and, and um, reach out to me. So thank you. 
Yes, absolutely. Make sure that y'all connect with Hernande. Show her love and thanks for like all this great information she gave us. Again, if you want to hear more about her story, go listen to episode 50. Um, And Hernande, until next time, I'll talk to you later, girly. Yes, be safe, be well. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Black and in Grad School. For more content to help you on your grad school journey, check out blackandgradschool.com. That's B-L-K-I-N gradschool.com. Love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time, 